This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, and each week I like to sit down with storytellers from the worlds of movies, video games, comic books, television, basically pop culture, and talk to them about why they tell stories, the types of stories they tell, and where they come from. I'm really fascinated by the psyche of our pop culture mythos. It's all metaphor, right? These are the modern great myths. Um, So these are the stories we tell, and this episode is actually... Uh, a little different. I recorded this one at LA Comic Con two weekends ago with uh, some friends of mine, and it is all about kaiju versus giant robots. We've done the panel before, but this panel is a little bit different. I had my good friend Matt Weinhold co-host the uh, panel with me. He's from the Monster Party podcast, so if you haven't subscribed to Monster Party and you enjoyed Matt on the uh, both this panel and you enjoyed him uh, on the episode a few episodes ago where Matt and I sat down in his amazing nerd room and talked uh, Geekscape... Um, go subscribe to Monster Party. They're amazing, and Matt is awesome. Thank you, Matt, so much for co-hosting and co-moderating this panel with me. I think we got a lot of really awesome talk about kaiju and giant robots, and I think if you listen to this episode, you can tell that Jonathan is totally punching above his weight uh, because everyone is really into like the specifics of kaiju and giant robots, and they can name like the most like obscure characters, and I'm sitting there pretty much just saying stupid lines. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Uh, the quality of this episode, Matt Kelly, uh, who runs our podcast network, is awesome, and he helped to fix the, the inconsistencies between the microphones. Again, this was recorded live on a panel at LA Comic Con. LA Comic Con was great this year. Uh, shout out to Sheldon Price uh, for putting together these panels and having me do this. Um, and just shout out to everybody at LA Comic Con. This was an amazing year there, and that uh, convention is really kind of coming into its own again um, since it's changed hands and ownership. I love the convention and can't wait for next year. So Geekscapists, I've got more Geekscapes uh, coming down the pipe in November, uh, but enjoy this kind of off uh, Geekscape where it's just a panel, and I think you're going to have a lot of fun and enjoy it. If you do, 
leave me a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you're using to listen to this to. I know they have a share button, so click that share button, share this with your friends, and um, that's about it. Love you guys. Enjoy the panel. Kaiju versus giant robots. We're destroying our cities. I'm Jonathan London, the host of Geekscape, and uh, I think this is my fourth or fifth year doing the Kaiju vs. Giant Robots panel here at LA Comic Con, so I want to thank LA Comic Con for having us back. But this time, Geekscape is doing the show in conjunction with my good friend Matt Weinhold from Monster Party. That's an amazing podcast. Uh, not present here is Sean Sheridan, Larry Stroth, and James Gonis, but that's probably for the best. Now, just do your own podcast. <laughs> Why are you sharing? Uh, well, we are sharing the stage uh, with some pretty amazing people. Uh, going down the line, right next to uh, Matt is Haley Mancini. She, H- Haley Mancini, she hosts the Godzilla vs. Podcast Zero podcast, and um, she's a pretty solid source of jokes and knowledge, so oh, we're going to be speaking to her a lot. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, next to Haley is Mr. Tommy Yoon. He's a writer who works on Robotech, a bunch of other stuff. He's over at Harmony Gold as a... Writer, director, producer, keeping the lights on. He's worked on Speed Racer, Battle of the Planets. If you guys uh, are into that yep. stuff, all the time. That one's a. I worked on Voltron, but not Battle of Voltron. Mm-hmm. That, that's Battle of the Planets. A little bit before my time. A little bit before his time. Sorry, sir. Oh, no, Sorry, wow. but you're uh, you're a fan of Battle of the Planets. I, I love Battle. Of the Planets. I know you, Tommy. I know you, Tommy. Um, next to Tommy is someone who I don't think there was time before his time. It's uh, F. J. DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That was for Ian. I created, uh, I created Battle of the Planets. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Yeah. F. J. DeSantis, uh, a writer and producer, currently working on Gen one Transformers, is that correct, sir? And uh, he's worked with Tommy on a bunch of stuff. A um, ton of adaptations coming out of Japan that you guys are bringing to the, uh, to the U.S., and I love it. Um, and then on the far side, because we've got to keep us separated, because we, we do get rowdy. This is ridiculous when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jay Washington, he's a comedian and host for Collider, and his own Mad Titan podcast that you guys should all be subscribing to on your podcatchers and also on YouTube. And a uh, source for hilarity and more opinions as well. So, um, Matt. Yeah, I'm just very happy to be here as long as I have Starbucks. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't have Starbucks, this probably would be an issue, Jonathan. Jay. <laughs> There's a lot of Starbucks people playing Starbucks here at the convention. So the problem is Jay doesn't thing. sleep. Like Mothra, he just goes into a metamorphosis. <laughs> I don't even know if I do that. I literally have been, I don't even know what sleep is anymore. I take naps, and it's like, oh, did you go to sleep? No, I took a four-hour nap. And now I'm back moving around. So, I'm, But I'm happy to be here. I, I like doing this. I, I had fun doing it last year. And now I'm doing it this year. And I hopefully will be awake all the way through. All right. All right. I'll take care of that. <laughs> Matt, what you got, buddy? All right. Well, before we get into, like, you know, background, because I know that we all have our favorite kaiju and robots. But just in general, right off the bat, I would like to know, because this is called Kaiju versus Giant Robots, mm-hmm. who would win? Give me, give me your matches. Giant robots. Kaiju. Robots. Kaiju. Okay. Robots. And, I, and what I need is, is more than that, I need a little bit of explanation. I need a defense counsel here for each side. Give me. Haley, I'll allow you to go first. All right. Because that's how much of friends we are. Because that's how much of friends we are. Because that's how much of friends we are. All right. <laughs> robots are made by man. Man is a mess. Man has many faults. Monsters are perfected by evolution. Are they perfected, though? Yeah. 
Are they? Yeah. When you think about it, you look at a lot of monsters, a lot of kaiju, they are animalistic in nature, which rage drives them. But Godzilla learns. Godzilla learns really well, actually. Okay, Godzilla has human parents somewhere. (laughs) Now, Godzilla has human parents? (laughs) That's what I'm going to believe. Godzilla has human parents? (laughs) That's what I believe. Wow, i got to read your fan fiction. He was a doctor. (laughs) But no, when it comes to... But when it comes to giant robots, they're piloted by normally specialized force trained, special forces trained soldiers who know how to adapt in a variety of situations, who know how to counterattack any move the kaijus may make. They study them before they go into battle. The kaijus go straight off of what they see. Yeah, not unlike our military, it makes no mistakes. I like that idea. That's great. That's great. So far, so good, humanity. But, but now, wouldn't you say that, that the matchup depends on really on the kaiju and the robot? You know, okay, I, mean, I can agree with that. Because, sure. because yes. ang- Angerous, you know, he's on his knees half the time. He's, he, hey, I would say yeah. that it's a pretty good shot that you could probably he's, take him out. He's the Patrick uh, from SpongeBob of <laughs> yes. Kaiju, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Although, I do have a Kaiju that I think could beat any mecha and pretty much any Kaiju. It's the one that transcends. It's kinda, he's kind of like the Shazam, the Captain Marvel of Kaiju, and that would be... Majin, Daimajin. Mm-hmm. He is an angry god. And there's no messing with a god. And I love those movies, but you consider him a kaiju? I do he's consider a, him he's a... He's a statue that comes to life. He, I do mm-hmm. put him in the category of kaiju. Just because he's so damn awesome. And he destroys things. Well, that would make you a kaiju whenever you're... It's I, am time. A kaiju. <laughs> I am a kaiju. I am a kaiju. I will accept that. Yes. <laughs> but then, uh, I, I guess the question is, like, you know, specifically where, when, uh, which robot model, I mean, if you get into absurdity of Grunlagen, where the robots are starting to become solar system sized, you know, wouldn't that be a fair matchup? All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, that one wins. Planet sized robots, I think, uh, I think, yeah, like the Death Star. Once you destroy the planet, but I think, you know, uh, Godzilla ends up being flung into space every once in a while, and Gamera especially. Yeah, absolutely. And Godzilla, he would be the only, they'd be the only things left, probably just floating around. Right, and Godzilla would probably absorb the energy from whatever radioactive blast they're doing. He'd be like, "Yum, I'm getting bigger now." But he also can go nuclear. Yeah, he yeah. can go nuclear, and then who cares? He's just gonna get bigger. <laughs> Maybe. Who's talking to the monsters? <laughs> I think King of the Monsters? Uh, we yeah. all saw King of the Monsters, right? Yeah. Um, yay, nay? Mostly, yeah. Mostly? Yeah, I, I got a little nay in there. I'm just, a little nay on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's get rid of all the actors and uh, just concentrate on the kaiju. Because the storyline was the issue for me. Which, the yeah. storyline was the issue. The but whole, who cares? I mean, it's just, I know we're dealing with like, yo, you just got big monsters destroying the city, trying to take over the world at the end of the day. But when you have those sentimental storylines that go through it, you're like, we really don't need all this. No, you, no, you we don't. It, I, I, if it was any other franchise, I would have been disappointed. But it was so cornball, I felt like I was watching Mechagodzilla. Hey, so you felt yeah. like you were watching old hey, yeah. yeah, okay, I'm I can see that. I'm with that. Yeah, it was terrifically cornball. So just that weird PowerPoint presentation in the middle, that's when you know you go to the bathroom. So then you got to come back, and then there's going to be some really big fights. I'm sorry, but there's no way... I don't think it's objectively feasible to dislike a movie in which fighter jets lead Rodan into a Category 6 hurricane behind which Ghidorah is waiting for a throwdown. Yeah. That's objectively wrong to dislike that movie. Oh, How- no, the best, part of, the best part of that sequence is that they're like... 
oh no, this island is populated. We got to get Rodan off of it by leading it right over the only town on the island. <laughs> and he fucking Straight turned it into it. King's Landing. It's their own yeah. fault for living I will here. say Mothra was beautiful. The color scheme yeah. of Mothra yeah. was beautiful. Did anybody think Godzuki was going to make a, a I was holding it. There was that oh, one moment man. where they're like, there's something else. And I was like, it, it's Godzuki, right? Like, it's got to be Godzuki. And he should be cell animated. You know? Yeah, yeah. Coming with Pete. The little kid with <laughs> an issue I did have though. Bob. I hate I like I know we're building to Kong versus Godzilla, but like the two little quick yeah Skull Island Kong's there boom and then just do it again like all right so here you go this is enough for you to have it like I wanted to see Kong in some sense not just those little two quick Easter egg drops and then just sure. move from it. Uh, speaking of seeing things. I would actually like to have seen seen more of the monsters. I'm getting a little tired of the debris and dust in the air all yep. through the movie. The Cloverfield effect. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's Give called me. the budget is not there for all yeah. that. Yeah. I think, you know, if you watch some, uh, if you watch, say, my, I think a much better film is Shin Godzilla. Oh, Shin Godzilla is amazing. Is a, is a work of genius. It's, uh, but that's the social... Evangelion guy. I mean, of course. Yeah, because you really do have a genius behind yeah, this yeah. thing. And you've got social commentary. Mm-hmm. And, but you see that monster, you see it in broad daylight. And, you know, okay, look, there are some transformation scenes that are a little weird in the beginning. <laughs> but it should but by be the that. Time, it should be that. Right. Because yeah. by the time you get to the final Godzilla, that thing is scary. Have you guys seen this movie? Yeah. So good. I'll never look at undercooked steak the same way again. <laughs> <laughs> How are you looking at undercooked steak before? <laughs> yeah. He has a lot of opinions. <laughs> he used to look at it lovingly. <laughs> well, FJ, you're a Transformers expert. You're the dude I know. I know no, you're the person I know who loves Transformers, and they have a planet-sized uh, robot in in. Uh, they do Unicron. Unicron. Yeah, he just will step on. Into the mic, sir. Please, the, please. Oh. Into the mic, he sir. Just, please. He, he, does even, um, he would just step on Godzilla. It's tail, and then Godzilla would turn around and bite him. I mean, <laughs> help me here, go to. I, I, I wanted. I just wanted to know where Haley got that. from like. Giant unicron. It's she fine. Just worked that out. I just I worked it out. Godzilla, listen. Godzilla also again. Godzilla's very intelligent. He's he he learns. He like he learns as he goes on, as proven by many of the movies. I, true, yeah, but he's gonna watch the 1986 movie and then go in Unicron's eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. There he goes. As you guys are talking, all I can imagine is a sequence where Godzilla does learn. All but of a sudden, you, but you got the touch starts playing, <laughs> and you see him starting to well, rev you up. Got the, you got the touches playing the whole little sequence, like Zach Galifianakis in the Hangover yeah. when he was doing Blackjack is playing in Godzilla's head. He's like, okay, if I and can I'm do like, this. oh my god, Godzilla's leveling up. <laughs> this is the best movie ever made. <laughs> but also, like, don't you think that? I mean, any of these mechs are eventually going to run out of fuel. Uh, of fuel. Sure. They're going to need maintenance. And somebody like Mothra regenerates. She continually, she's constantly reborn. So eventually that thing's going to get, it's going to have a downbeat. But in many Mothra's cases, we're not talking about one giant robot, one mecha. Sometimes there are multiple, there's an armada of mechas. We didn't say that before. Well, they're fine. I send all the monsters. He, cha- he out changes there. the rules. Okay, what? I'm not changing the rules. <laughs> what is the, is an expert on regeneration. Yeah. <laughs> Every four-hour nap, he one, regenerates. Sorry. One Mothra, <laughs> one Mecha go into a room. It's a very large room. This sounds like a joke going <laughs> so wrong. Here's something I noticed about the kaiju: is they're never in a hurry. Is if Godzilla's tired, he can go down for like a thousand-year nuclear uh-huh. nap, and like the humans will be like, "No, we're in a hurry. Let's drop a bomb on him." And he's like, tut, tut. Tommy, what you just told me, I was, when you said kaiju are never in a hurry, I was like, is Michael Myers a 
small kaiju? <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yes. Is yeah. Jason Voorhees a mini kaiju? kaiju. Yeah. How, what is the... Sm- I mean, you guys are the experts, and I'm just the guy who sent the emails to organize the thing. So you tell me, like, what's the smallest kaiju? Godzuki? Yeah, Would Godzuki, Godzuki be the smallest one? Like, is there, is there a, uh, is there a, you must be this high to no, be a the kaiju? Dorats, the, Destro- the Dorats. The Dorats, yeah. The Dorats that created Ghidorah. I was also going like to say, like, destroy a early stage. Oh, yeah, no, but, yeah. but I think the Dorats, the Dorats, Dorats are, are very like small, this yeah. big. <laughs> if you don't know the Dorats, the Dorats are the original creatures that end up becoming King Ghidorah in Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they're cute. They're almost gremlin-esque. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of remind me of Porgs. Yeah, yeah. And, for the record, I like porgs. <laughs> Jay, I'll I, meet you outside. <laughs> I, 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 They're cute. Say it, say it. Say it. Look, shout out to Chewy what he did to the porg, okay? <laughs> <laughs> now, if we're talking about, you know, uh, mecha and giant robots, do you think that we're ever going to be, considering that how much technology we have right now that's going into you know, real robots these days, and you see those wonderful films where you see these robots climbing stairs. And, and Honda makes, like, the yeah, people, right, yeah. Yeah, and they wink and whatever, you know, and, like, uh, uh, do you ever think we're going to get to a place where that would be feasible to do, to have something that's like, uh, you know, like Robotech or, you know, where you got the Valkyries or the, the Jaegers? Because... Uh, you don't think we have those now? I really well, believe I mean, we to do. that size. I would not be surprised if we have those experimental ones now because wow. life imitates art a lot. Sure. And so to think like to think of that, to draw it, it isn't that it's, it's feasible to say for a scientist and an engineer to say, okay, so this is what needs to be done here to make this happen. So, of course, there's been probably schematics drawn up and different blueprints and even different, you know, prototypes done. The fact that we just don't know about it is one thing. Yeah, but if, now I'm going back to the kaiju versus uh, giant robots thing. Is warfare is not warfare is not going to be done like that anymore? It's all going to be germ. It's all going to be let's take out the people, let's not take out the the structures, so that we can go and then live in their cities. And if it's germ warfare, I got to throw it back to the kaiju. Yep. All they really have to do is get the humans sick. And they can ride their own robots around. And what are amoeba but tiny, tiny kaiju? Sure. Sure. <laughs> so wow. there we go. I just don't, I, I, I don't think that, though, that, that there are people working on mechs now. Because I don't think that that's the way warfare is going to go. I think it's going to be the bombs. It's going to be the precision drones. And it's going to be the germs. And but you just field. said two things that would apply to a mecha. But a mecha is... I, I don't mean, know. When I say mecha. that, is when I say that, human-like is a human is a humanoid giant robot, right? But when you say precision drones, these are being piloted. Mm-hmm. Mechas are piloted. When you're saying bombs, these mechas fire bombs remotely. Fire, remotely. Remote. You think that the, 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 they're going to be remote? Potentially, yes. Yeah, a robot by its description most of the time means that there is a human controller. Yes. And, yeah, there's two kinds that you usually see in movies and comic books and manga. There's the pilot that's in the robot and the Mm -hmm. one that is, you know, sitting in a room safe somewhere. And to me, I see that as the wave of the future. Who wants to be in the thing? To give credibility, Jay rushed Area 51's gates uh, last month. So he's he's all into the conspiracy. I was one of the 198 people that showed up. <laughs> where, all where two you really? million to click going. Were you really? Hell no. Oh. <laughs> out of all two I, million to click Out of all those white kids who rushed the gates, which one do you think they would have shot? 
<laughs> well, that's our panel. Uh, hope you had a I think good time. Just, I think we just found the difference between Geekscape and Monster Party. Hi, Monster Party listeners. <laughs> oh, no. Let's keep going. Let's get into the weeds. All right. So one thing the YouTube generation taught me is that human nature at least this generation, is very narcissistic and they're always chasing, you know, the payday of the views. And so one thing I noticed is um, if there's no economic reason to do so, and I think that's the holdup. The reason why the robots are not being made right now is there's no economic reason to do so until we have more of these robot war type TV shows Mm -hmm. where people are playing for a purse. And now that dollars and cents are involved, Mm. if you Google it, now you're noticing all of a sudden guys are building bigger and bigger robots and it's mainly because they want the views, they want the competition, and they want to er- win the earnings. Yeah. How great of a show would that be? And I mean, but we have BattleBots. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, at like, exactly. what point does BattleBots start getting taller and have legs? How, that would be mm. the greatest show ever. I would never miss that. No. Well, and I would, I would also just a polite counterpoint to, uh, to the, the notion that like, the robots would be prompted by, more, by money and stuff like that. They've actually... Uh, done a uh, survey in STEM, and they found that uh, women and minorities are much more likely to develop things in robotics and in tech for the sake of the community. Yeah, I can see that definitely. (laughs) 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 Because they're the ones who are like doing the trash and the laundry is a sad thing about it. Like what? I mean, the sad thing is you you just (laughs) described people who are left with the bad jobs. So, of course, you're going to go into uh, robotics to do the bad jobs. Like that's, Well, it was nice knowing I mean, Jonathan Lundy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be the... I mean, I am the jerk. I'll be the jerk. But um, I was thinking about the correlation between those. And yes, the advancement of their own social structure would almost rely on them like being more aggressive with developing robotics. But which I think is actually happening, kind of. I mean, with whether it's in outright robotics or something that is uh, along the line. I mean, apps are are in its own way. I mean, that's smart sure. data, right? So uh, a young African American uh, boy in Los Angeles has developed an app that allows um, people to direct homeless people to the nearest shelter. Yep. Just saying. Yeah, what, so that's, a, <laughs> so that's like positive robotics yeah, that's, in that's its own the, way. The nicest Mecha Godzilla ever. And I guess, the nicest, I, I, but I think <laughs> that also helps Tommy's point in that the affluent don't develop those things because they don't need uh, to. They're let's, like, let's go like this. If you want to say that, Boston Dynamics is the prime example. Just for the small thing they're doing now with the dog that is now developed into the robot that can oh, now yeah. do parkour. Wait, tell us what yeah, is that? The, the it's the, the, the robot that... Into the mic, sir, please, FJ. For the I'm, I'm acting like I'm far away. <laughs> it's the robot that, like, they developed. It's like the silver, yes. sort of skinny thing that what is it? runs around. I don't know. It's why an they android. Made it. They just made yeah. it. Boston Dynamics just do made all it. this crazy shit. They it made, runs like, around like they a made a robotic almost. dog at yeah. first. Basically, yeah. it was oh, the premise. Oh, it's got the, f- the, pin- the, the pointy legs. Yeah, but yeah. if you, like, basically push it from the angle, it's like. Right, but yeah, they started with still the working dog, on that. Which yeah, in but. terms uh, helped that Black Mirror episode, Metalhead. But then they made right. an android that just, at first it could just walk. And then it could start doing flips. And now it can do parkour and move fluidly. If that's not telling you that's just a start to other things, then what? Because that is t- an android that can do like parkour. They didn't make it for anything. They didn't mm-hmm. make They just was bored and was like, you know what, I want to see... <laughs> If yeah. my Android can win the X Games, what? And when it, and when it comes to like military applications, they, they'll do it just because they can. This right? is six kids named Chad. This ain't the military. Yes! <laughs> six kids named Chad. This ain't the military at all. Like, 
How do they refer to each other? <laughs> bro, 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 brother, Chad, Chaddy, Chad, and Chaddington, Chadmeister. Did they also develop the bipedal one, uh, the one that was standing upright? That's the one I'm yeah, talking about. The one that's the one that's standing upright. Yeah. So. This was interesting. Is they were trying to develop the AI for this, you know, where it would try to learn. It's Bad clearly, idea. it's doing it. Bad idea. And what I thought was oh. very interesting was the first thing they tried to do was treat it like uh, the pledge at a fraternity. They were hazing it, they were and it fought back, and it started. Yep. Yeah, of course, yeah, their yeah, names are Chad. Yeah. And they were like <laughs> knocking it over, trying to see if it would the AI would actually get pissed off. And it start. I think at one point it did. And that was when you just it just let you know, like, well, this is how Skynet starts. Yeah, because, yeah. we are on borrowed but time. But it, it goes yeah. back to saying how we will develop those things because you start out small. If you figure, hey, if I can do a little four-legged dog, mm-hmm. then let me do some bipedal. Now it moves. It's like, all right, we have something that's the average height of between, for us, six to eight feet. How much bigger can we go? Can we can put we- human skin on it? Well, that, sure. That's I feel like to, I'm sorry. Wait, no, go no ahead problem, and finish. No it. I, I, I to both to both of your points right now. I think the answer weirdly and uh, is somewhere in between kaiju and mech because we're it's going to be more like cyborg, right? Yeah. It's going to be more of a merge because you can genetically engineer so much now, but then you're going to also have mech aspects. So I think I think we're going to end up with more like. Hybrid. Yeah, hybrid. And that's how they'll beat the kaiju. And I see we that can actually end up kaiju. having real yeah. kaiju in real life because of the way gene splicing and a lot of experimental stuff. Next thing you know, somebody like, you know what, well, let's see what happens if we just mix a rooster and a gecko. Now you got some giant monster running around <laughs> here for some reason it's got wings and can fly. And you know, <laughs> but you know, those things will happen. Mm-hmm. It may as, as as absurd as it sounds, that's how things like that start out. He well, learned that at Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> Number 182 on the ticket, baby. They grafted feathers onto you. <laughs> this is not the same Jay that went. It's not. Jay, Jay, you were taller on the panel last year. I um, know not what you speak of. Um, that's not caffeine. That's not coffee. FJ, you and Tommy did a Cyborg adaptation. You guys brought Cyborg 009 over to... No. What, what you, separately. I did the You book. did that separately. You did the book. I did the book. And... Talk to us about cyborgs, because that's basically what we're talking about. We're talking about a fusion well, between cybernetics and, and human We did life. the Cyborg 009 book five or six years ago. And it was, you know, it was taking the original thing and doing U.S. adaptation. That was an old manga, correct? Yeah, it was an old manga and anime. And, anime. and yeah. what was great about it is that the, the guy who created it was a guy named Shitoro Ishinomori. And what was great about him in the 60s, he, he was a hot young artist. And what he did was he collected a bunch of advances. Nobody did this at this time. And he took the advances and he went around the world and learned all the different cultures and came back and created this book, which was as a, very different than a lot of other manga and anime. It's all characters from different cultures. And the idea of the bad guys, and it's really weirdly ahead of its time, was it, it was a group called the Black Ghost whose job was to keep the world in a perpetual state of warfare. And the next version of that, and they were thinking of this in the 60s, to, to your point about, they're already thinking about this shit, is to, to basically create cyborg soldiers. So the initial theme of the story was how they were sort of capturing just random people on the street and outfitting them, as you're saying, as cyborgs, so a different thing. One can survive underwater a very long time. It was very sort of They were realistic. kidnapping people? Yeah, just Because an app people. told them to go there? Yeah, the app. Yeah, in the 60s, they had an app. And, um, <laughs> but, but it was based on the fact that it was like... It wasn't like you were specifically chosen. You know, it wasn't like, oh, this person's really good at swimming, so we'll figure out. It was just random people plucked off the streets. And that, and that gave it a lot of the fun character development. But it was about 
how the human as a, was, was a better fit than a robot in terms of putting that technology in them, mm -hmm. et cetera. And that's what made 009 so great. Still is great. And he followed up with that theme all the way through his career with like the Common Rider series. It's the well, same. Well, Common Rider was before it. <laughs> yeah. So Common Rider is actually sort of the prototype for it, which sort of dealt with that. And then Kikaider. Kikaider, yeah. It was sort of the reverse, which was about a robot. It was almost like a modern Pinocchio, which was a robot created by a guy um, to make it look like his, his son who had died. But he created something called a consciousness chip. You talk about the AI thing. Mm -hmm. is, and the kid, like, and all the other robots that he had created wanted the, the chip because they wanted the, the free will and they wanted the choice. Mm -hmm. So the, the, these themes have been going on, especially in, in manga and anime, for 50 years. Astro Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how was that different than Astro Boy? Well, it was a ripoff of yeah. Astro Boy. It was, I mean, sort of, he idolized. Which is Pinocchio. He, so. No, but he yeah. idolized Suzuka. And it was very different, whereas, like, Astro Boy is very Disney looking. Kikaider's this cool half blue, half red android that, um, you know, depending on which way he was choosing, it was all about the free will. He'd go a little more blue, a little more red, and, and it fit more in the Common Rider family than everything. A great show, by the way, and Common Rider. Every incarnation of that show you should check out. They're pure fun. Mask Rider. Yeah. So does ever, anybody else ever... Yeah. <laughs> does anybody else on the... Like, do you guys ever then think a lot about Greek mythology with all this? Like the free will Prometheus? Uh, they did that in 009. They actually go and meet the modern gods. Oh, very and cool. There's a whole later sub... Because I think about that a lot. Because I read that Edith Hamilton Greek mythology book like three times growing up. And I still like... Now, as we get ever closer to these types of things, I'm like, it's happening. We're going to get overthrown. It's going to be the thing. Who's going to give it to them? <laughs> Who's the Prometheus? She should be hosting, Matt, because you and I are just like, who would win in a fight? I'm learning. <laughs> hey, a sandwich or a hot dog? <laughs> We're the moderators, yeah. man. I'm just learning. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you bring up Greek mythology, it makes me think, talk about, you know, American kaiju. You've got like, all the Harryhausen characters, mm -hmm. which, you know, I think that was, you know, when I, growing up, I think the first kaiju I ran into was the Ultraman TV series. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and my favorite uh, yeah. mech is Bobo. So that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine a giant Bobo. <laughs> was it his name Bobo, the, the, the owl from... Bobo. 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 Bubo. That's my Bubo. favorite. That's Bubo. my favorite right there. Like, give me a giant one of those. Yeah. Shoots no, be, lasers, though. It'd be horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Owl that shoots lasers. Bubo shoots <laughs> lasers. <laughs> totally That's what we needed in that one, I yeah. think. Yeah. But, uh, like, well, these other guys keep turning to rock when the Medusa says, we got to get something they won't. Bubo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want that movie. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, yeah. I, I, I see, like, a squadron of them. Like, like, <laughs> like Robotech. So you know, does a squadron Jay. of Bubos. Jay, I think that's where it's going. Yeah. And then they... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just see FJ scribbling stuff down for Transformers. It's all, it's all up here now. <laughs> now, I think, wasn't one of the first transforming robots, even though in the Japanese version, they're not really robots, but when they got to our shores, it became that, which the Space Giants. Because I think that was one of the first, first of all, it was the first color incarnation of a kaiju show, uh, I think, that came out, beating Ultraman. But... Uh, but they were these, this family of robots that would turn into rockets. And to see that in a live-action thing, if you go back and watch these things, it's great because you've got these guys in costumes, and then all of a sudden their head just shoots back into their head, and then they grow little rocket wings, and they fly off. I'm like, this is the greatest show ever. I don't know who writes this, but uh, I need to be part of it. 
Uh, did you guys, were anybody influenced by that or? Um, no? All right. Bit, well, no, I'm going to do a lot of it, but I, you know, it's a little, it's a little before my uh, time with that. Yeah, that was the one that Jonathan says. Yeah. Don't lie to me. There was nothing before your time of here. <laughs> well, Matt, where do you do just consume all this trash? I mean, stuff. Like, oh, oh, I see. I see. Uh, if you guys have ever been at Matt's house, Matt has this room. Come on over. That is like... I got beers and beers and soup. Come on up. It, it, yeah, it, it's like the it's like the Fifty Shades Red Room for nerds. Like, like, is, like yeah. you walk in there and you're like, wait, what? Holy yeah. crap! Yeah, it's Jay, the full Jay, on. Jay, you gotta no, yeah, Jay, you gotta come over. I'm you gotta come over. Back. He's already running over. It's Jay, just the fact I've never the whole, heard of an analogy like that, yo. Jay, it's the Fifty Shades. First of all, hey, it looks like most people in this room don't know what Fifty Shades of Grey is. So it's a very freaky, hey, kinky. Room. Don't nerd Watch shame. Out, don't nerd shame. Family friendly. That's his next panel. Don't nerd shame. I didn't say. I said, nerds have red rooms. I, I have red room. I have red run. Room I have there. run naked through that room a number of times, <laughs> and touched everything in a very I mean, loving way. The thing is, I went to Matt's house to record an episode of Geekscape, and he goes, "Yeah, we recorded Monster Party in here." And it, I was like, "Wow, this is a pretty impressive room. It's got stuff in every." corner there's not an inch that's not covered by some really awesome toy or cool. or monster thing and he goes this is the small room yeah and he takes me <laughs> into the other room and there's just stuff <laughs> floor to this, ceiling this is the nerd airlock <laughs> this like, is where you this is the room before the room yeah. and like i wonder like hey in your in your time on earth how did you like get all this stuff and then also like inside your brain how how did you? What was your first like kaiju or I'm, giant I'm, robot experience? I'm telling you, like uh, it was Ultraman, the Ultraman TV series, and then you know, growing up as kids during you know, if I, Tommy, I'm sure that like you were kind of around this time of like where there you know the afternoon movie, the, there'd be uh, Godzilla week, and you'd watch all these movies again and again and again, and the Godzilla characters became your friends. And, and, you know, people argue the difference. Options were limited, I'm guessing. Not with me. They were my only friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> Girlfriends, even. Uh, that was King Ghidra. But the, uh, the, the Godzilla characters were important. They were like these, these characters that were always around. And uh, people kind of argue that, uh, you know, going from the original Godzilla, which was more of a terrifying personification of atomic power, uh, to the sillier Godzilla, I love them all. I thought it was great. Oh, yeah. When in, I'm sure you can attest. Like in Monster Zero, that's the my, my favorite. One. My favorite, right? Yeah, I it's love a it. Great movie. Yeah. yeah. Because and it's also, you know what? I I gotta say, it ages really well. Yes, it does. Uh, because great it space uses, drama. Yeah, yeah. The space drama is great, and also like the set that the sets that they use and the matte painting and the effects are are really like you realize that they that was a good era of of communicating space and, and future stuff where you're like, listen, you could still watch this in a hundred years and be like, hey, yeah, I get what they were doing. You know, like the buttons, the like the sets are very Japan very does cool great space. And, yeah. Their space looks beautiful. It's, it's kind of awesome. bluish, you know, it's really nice. It's all and Nick Adams and is Nick in Adams. It. Nick Adams, James Dean's best friend is in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's such a great movie. And also really strong female character, uh, Miss Namikawa is uh, dope. She's Kumi awesome. Mizuno. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, she's and awesome. delicious. Yeah, and empowered. 
yes, that's right. That's right. I, but was also, sure, first? delicious. I have a male babe in the movie, every movie, if you listen to my podcast. <laughs> was that your I, first? Uh, Godzilla movie? Godzilla movie or Mech? Or what was your first? I think my first one was Terror of Mechagodzilla, I think. But I love Monster Zero is my, Monster Zero and Shin are my two favorites, I would say, but for completely different reasons. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like Hedera just for Hedera. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Hedera is just a great design. And, yeah. But it's a ridiculous movie, but... Yeah, a good a good moral to T- it. Tommy, how'd you get into all of this? Uh, I also liked Ultraman a lot. I also watched Spectraman at about the oh, same. Oh yeah, I love Spectraman. Spectraman. Yeah. And, but uh, I was watching reruns of an older show that was running about the same time. So it had come before that was Johnny Sacco and his giant. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, And this was what brought me to San Diego Comic Con back in the nineties. Is before it became like this, you know. Um, very commercial thing with all the movie studios. There were all these little mom and pop shops with strange beta, old beta and VHS tapes with recordings of the show where nobody knew where the rights to, you know, any of this stuff was. Yeah. And until that remake came out in the nineties, which blew my mind. Uh, But uh, yeah, that show basically formed a lot of my, you know, I guess my fandom with uh, Kaiju now, there, uh, this actually just made me think. There's one exception to kaiju that would actually uh, throw a curveball to all mecha, regardless. Okay. And that is something that Hideaki Anno, the Shin Godzilla yes, creator, created. And it's something from the post-Evangelion era. Okay. Is the kaiju where science or evolution can't explain where they're coming from. Oh. When he started yeah. to bring in the mm. angels where it's starting to bring in mystical and religious overtones. Yeah. It's almost like uh, the old Japanese ogre culture, you know, where, uh, you know, some things just can't be explained. Okay. You know, because of voodoo, yeah, In the air of mystery, it's in yeah. a Cthulhu sort of yeah, thing, yeah, right? Exactly. It's like this is beyond the realm of our comprehension even. Yeah. Yeah. A whole other set of kaiju. But, yeah. but FJ can Lovecraft. tell us about it. Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, that old god. I, I don't know. That. <laughs> you were there. You were there. No, um, I'm beyond uh, comprehension. But Matt, I would put Damashin into that category. I wouldn't put him in the kaiju category. Mm, yeah, I, I would. I would agree with that. Because he's I, mystical. I, he is. I guess the mystical. I was watching something last night that was about talking about what the definition of kaiju, and they threw the word supernatural in there, which I I didn't what? normally think that. Yeah, I think that's kind of. Yeah, it might be like a. a a subset of kaiju because isn't Mothra kind of a spiritual well, she, kaiju? She is. I would say that she, yeah, she would be in that realm because she is technically a goddess. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. She was, I think she... They never really she explained was, it. They don't explain her full point. They don't explain her full point, I mean, but great. she is the protector of Earth and she's summoned and she's from... Like yeah, Birth Island. Like I don't, I don't know. It's I always took it more as her being tied into nature and the planet. So that would still make her a deeper way. Sure. But does that make her supernatural? So she's like that a still could make her supernatural Gaia. in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I, I always kind of like the defender of Gaia. I mean, I think that's kind of speci- I think that is something specific well, to her. But. And that's what I always loved about Lovecraft is mm-hmm. that with Lovecraft, you know, you got these monsters that were like demons, but they're they're kind of explained more of as coming from another dimension. They're aliens. They're not really spiritual beings. It's really how you define that. Yeah. Well, I think I mean, I think there's I, I think you touch on something important there too, where it's like he he never bothers to over-explain it, and I think that's important. I think like we've stumbled into a very weird era of uh, 
over logic looping things yes, and, and yeah. instead of letting things just be terrifying i.e. Pacific Rim Uprising no no hey Jay was before that it was midichlorians midichlorians did it for us no midichlorians did it for us we just like, realized yeah. we haven't done a panel since that came we have not done a panel because they overexplained everything in that movie and you know I just finished working on this show I think some of the kids in here might know it The Last Kids on Earth you guys ever read those books you seen the show yeah, okay, nice. And and he does a really, uh, uh, you know, there's some cool kaiju in that. And uh, the, I think the writer of those books, uh, and and therefore the showrunner, Max Braylier, did a really good job of, he, he kind of explains where some of these monsters, like the these monsters are coming from some portal to, to another world, but he doesn't go into it so far that you're like, okay, well now I don't. No, I'm not scared anymore. Like, he lets it still be scary mm. and, and lets that mystery exist. And I think that Unlike is Pacific cool. Unlike yeah. <laughs> what, are the, what are the Titans in Attack on Titan? Where do they come from? What are, I don't, it, that's, like, not something I, that it, I'm... It's, I, I can't... I don't really feel comfortable in telling you that because that's part of the story okay. of, of that. Okay. Thing, but it doesn't matter. Sure. They are so damn creepy. Now, for every, any fan of that show, you know, like, there's the one that you always see, which is the kind of skinned man, which is the, the one that's kind of like the poster child for it. But the creepiest ones are the ones that are just walking around. They look like, kind of like old men, just senile old oh, men, yeah, but yeah, giant, yeah. Yeah. with these wide eyes and these, you know, goofy grins on their face. And that is horrifying. Do they qualify as kaiju? I would say yes. Oh, I think so. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that at all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do, do we have any uh, questions? Because there was somebody over here who, or there's some, oh, he's gone now. You got, you got a question? Have you, any of you seen the new Ultraman no. series on Netflix? No, I have I not. Have. I heard it's good. I hear it is really good. It's like cell shaded looking. It's. Yeah, and there's like a whole hidden world of them. So I, I've only seen a bit of the anime, but the they, it's based on a new manga that they've been doing for the last like five or six years, and it's actually worth checking. It's better than the show. Um, the but manga's conti- better than the... Okay. The manga's better than the anime. It's a continuation of the original series. So if you grew up with the original series, this is, you know, in sort of real time, 40 years later, here's what happened. But to your point, there's a really interesting sort of hybrid of kaiju integrated into society. They're hidden, like, underworlds of this stuff, just, like, on Earth. Wow. And what I like about it, and this is sort of to your point, where they don't over-explain it, and you just accept it, and it's... But the show's pretty good. And then the, there's a mystery that sort of unfolds with it. It's, it's definitely worth checking out. It's good. And really, the Ultraman series in general, starting from the 1960s on, because when I saw it, uh, it was on a UHF channel... It ran one season. It was right when it premiered. And it was like something being beamed from another planet. It was like the closest thing I had to, like, if a kid could have his own type of porn, it would be Ultraman. Because it was every, it hit everything. Cool. It was like science was fiction and yeah. monsters yeah. and spacesuits. Yeah. We also had porn. That was my, my ramp. You know? <laughs> But it's such a great series, and what I didn't know is that from that point on, they kept making them. The, every year, there was a different Ultraman show. But only to one season. Day. But only one season came over. For, yeah. W- yes, yeah, that I was aware of, and uh, yeah, each each season was a new Ultraman character. 
So they, of course, gives you uh, all kinds of opportunities for toys. There's tons and, of yeah, toys. Right, yeah. And the, I thought that the Voltron that they did on Netflix recently was like a really good legendary version. Def- I didn't I see that. I thought the, legendary def- the Voltron Legendary Defender felt like a, a focused, trimmed down, like, ultimate version of that story. Really? Uh, did, well, would you agree, Jay? It, yeah, because they had to give you some. The last time they tried to do a Voltron, was it was a cheesy CGI 3D rendering it used to come on, and it was just brutal. Right. And so this version of it, the story was so well told, and it had so many twists in it that made you even more engaged in it, more than just watching the fights and watching the you know the, the lions and then watching the, the roe beast and everything like that. So when it came to an end, people were like, well, damn, this is done. So it was one of those things you missed, because again, for me, I grew up on Voltron. You know, I, I love Voltron, all three versions of it. Yes, there are three iterations of Voltron. <laughs> if, yes, we are. For those who don't know, there are three iterations of Voltron. People don't know. People think about just the regular five lines and then the 15-piece one, which if you lost one, you'd lose a leg. But there is one three pieces. It's a three-gladiator one. It's a very rare one to find. So, yeah, it, made, it was good to have that. Yeah, it felt to me like when Marvel in the late... Uh, 90s uh, said we're going to make the ultimate version of our books we, we have 40 years of these characters yep. we're going to tell the, the just the trimmed down version of the Avengers the X-Men the Fantastic Four and they came out the ultimate line that's what Legendary Defender felt like for me with the Voltron story I feel comparison. like this guy's arm might have fallen off yes, oh, yeah, yeah, he's in the back he reattaches it because he's a mecha straight back blue shirt he regenerated Yeah, how do we not talk about Power Rangers? Because we're old. Well, it's, oh, no, I'll talk no, about Power I can talk Rangers about all day Power long. Are you I kidding mean, me? <laughs> how far are we going? Are we going like from Mighty Morphin, or are we going all the way now to Super Mega Force? Or, or back to the original. Look, back to the original. Yeah. Yeah. disgusted when you said Mega Force. Mm-hmm. Oh, so those were like the best five C's. First yeah. five, six Mighty Morphin to Galaxy. Yeah, so you're talking about Mighty Morphin, Alien Rangers, Zeo, Space, then Galaxy. See, I like to, I I prefer to go back to like O Ranger, the Japanese series, because uh, when you go back to those series, it's interesting because by the time you get to Power Rangers here, when those shows were brought to America, everybody's young and thin. And, <laughs> but he goes, so bad when you said it. <laughs> but so you go to O-Rangers, there's a fat guy, everybody's 50, <laughs> and you go, that's the force I can get Matt, on. you always go back to the original. You don't like your cocaine cut with anything. You're like, just give <laughs> like it to me hero, straight. Man. I, like, I like to cut me open and put it right then. Uh, I yeah. mean, I I loved Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That was like it was my my Goosebumps Power Rangers hour uh, growing up, and I I mean I loved that take on kaiju. And I think there's also um, uh, College Humor and Dropout. I don't know if you know that. Did you see that they came out with Ultra Megatron Go? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I do like the voice of t- two of the kaiju's on it. Oh wow! A hot hot potato, uh, a sexy potato. So Haley, I'm gonna go ahead and just say I need your uh, contact information. I'm just <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and I thought I was harassing people. In the but uh, but I thought that was a pretty good. I, I checked it out, and uh, I thought that was a pretty good send up of the show, like a good tongue in cheek, but still a lot of love. Because that's kind of how I, I don't know if that's how you experienced Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as a kid. But I was like, yeah, I kind of know it's cheesy, but it's fun, like the pumpkin rapper and stuff like that. Oh, that was the great the Halloween the, one. Yeah, he was the best, and he's rapping. And he's throwing stuff. <laughs> and for them to take the, and for them to also be able to iterate, you know, iterate. Excuse me, the original Japanese little scenes and yes. sections in it with the with the American version. Uh, so you I had a it. bit a feel of both at the whole time. Yep. But you're like, oh, this is cheesy and cheesier and cool, but still cheesy yeah, at the same time. It comes right back around. You're like, this is corny, and, and we're back we're, at cool. We're, we're back at cool. <laughs> All right, I've got one for you then. That is. Uh, around the in the seventies, we had a Spider-Man show. Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. Hey, no, 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 the live action with. Oh, the, yeah, no, I don't, I don't ever want to talk about. Oh my God, yeah. what? you have to talk about the I, yeah. live action. I know what you want to talk about. Yeah. His whole theme music was like him on the build. Yeah, the right. Oh my <laughs> and, God, and the most clunky, ill-fitting it costume. Oh, it looked like something my. you buy for your child now. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> from uh, from like the ninety-nine cent store. Yes. It's bad. <laughs> but in Japan, they got the rights to Spider-Man, so they did their version, and in their version, they just change everything. The origin is more like the Green Lantern, where the Peter Parker character Spider finds power. this robot and uh, is given the powers of Spider-Man, and he has the same powers, you know, like he can climb walls and he has the web shooter, but when he's really in trouble, when there's a giant monster in town, he calls on this robot, jumps into the robot, and then is a giant robot fighting a kaiju. Now that's the way the show should have been done in the first place. Yeah, it's that's so good. Cool. But they, I'm sure you could find it on YouTube. They integrated that character in the comic Spider Verse. The comic version of Spider Verse. Penny Parker. Yeah, they're they're they're. Okay. I mean, obviously there was a mech in the Spider Verse film, but in the comic book there is a there's an alternate reality Spider Man that has a mech. Yeah. And he's like a he's like a Spider Man. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. But. I think that was a shout out to that Japanese. Yeah. Those episodes are priceless, and there's uh, for the right reasons, for the right and wrong reasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because it's it's just uh, it's just insane. It's like it's you go in thinking you're going to get Spider Man, it's nothing like that at all. He's got a, a super because I remember in the comic books, Spider Man had the spider buggy for a while, yeah. which yeah. was just laughable. And this one, it's you know, it's uh, the Japanese did their take. It's cool. I it's love it. Mach Five esque. Love it. Uh, terrific, yeah. I mean, Love it. when in doubt, you know, like as you were saying, go back to the source. Mm -hmm. Japanese have been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. And I'm always amazed when I th somebody brings up a show and it's like, well, I've never heard of this. Because they kept making them over and over and over again since the very beginning. I mean, uh, animation, Gigantor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gigantor. <laughs> well, wait, that was just the thing. It was the theme music. Like, I, with Gigantor, like, I loved the, the American version was Transor Z, but I love Mazinger Z. Mm. Like, yeah. I love Transor. I grew up on that because my dad, before, you know, before he passed, he would always play with that. And then I found out about the Japanese version, and I was like, this is so much cooler. <laughs> so much cooler. Like, all I remember was the Bubba Bot and Aphrodite A with nipple missiles. But then. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. The first yeah. time I saw that was in Mexico in Spanish. And oh. I was like, I don't know what this is, but, but I'm I love feeling it. Something. <laughs> <laughs> something. I was 23 years old. Uh, Tommy, we, we talked about uh, we talked about properties where the shows kept going. Uh, starting with you, Tommy, what were some that maybe might still be hidden gems because they went away before their time? They only lasted a season or so, or they never made it out of 
one, out of whatever territory to produce them. Well, you know, uh, one that's... Into really the mic, good, sir, please. Uh, FJ's having a bad influence. One that's really good, uh, but uh, never got adapted all the way through consistently was actually Gotcha Man, which was wow. battle fun. Uh, <laughs> and you have to uh, share some knowledge of, oh, yeah. of this so, show. Um, so this, this is one of the shows I really love, and it's actually, in a way, a predecessor to the Super Sentai series. Because if you look at the structure of it, it's five characters, very different, young, each color-coded, uh, who join together just like the Power Rangers to fight alien invasion. Um, and after the first great season, and they had this huge cliffhanger ending, they decided to do it again with the second season with another cliffhanger ending. But for some reason or another, Sandy Frank... Uh, could not get the rights to or was not interested in getting the rights to the second season and continuing Battle of the Planets for another season. And so uh, that later on ended up getting adapted as Eagle Riders, but in a completely different continuity. So people who watch Eagle Riders had no idea they were connected to Battle of the Planets other than they were wearing similar uniforms. And then uh, Ted Turner got the rights to Gotcha Man and then did yet another adaptation. So it would be nice... Someday, you know, like a, a like a little pipe dream, if somehow the rights could be unified and we could have Seven Zark Seven continue on for like, <laughs> you know, be animated properly animated now, yeah. sure. like a Japanese team for like three more seasons. Is that what Harmony Gold is working on right now, sir? Yes or uh, no? no, we're not working on. Uh, we're not working but, on Battle. But of you points. have to talk about because there's a difference in when you watch. If you go back and you watch Battle of the Planets, right. yeah, and then you watch Gotcha Man. Yeah. There's some yeah. things that didn't make it to the English no, translation a lot of things. Yeah. that are yeah. bonkers, yeah. Yeah. at least for the time. Mm-hmm. And if you could uh, touch on that a little bit. All right, like, um, I mean, this goes way back then. You know, like, um, uh, like the people who adapted Voltron or Robotech, they get taken to task. Oh, why did you change it from Go Lion to Voltron? And this was just for broadcast and syndication requirements back then. And uh, people were not exposed to anime like they are now you know mm-hmm. now, now kids you know basically learn their Japanese on the side just by watching so much uh, Japanese content and um, like even Tetsujin uh, 28 was adapted into Gigantor they were like oh, Tetsujin 28 it sounds like one of those names you would get off one of those you know Facebook quizzes you know <laughs> and so uh, this is going to be your robot name what's your birthday and your you know but um uh, where was I? No, the Gotcha Man changes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha gotcha yeah. Okay, okay. The changes with that. So um, there were um, most of the rules for shows being brought in, they were going by NBC's uh, standards and practices. I guess that was the law at that time, you know, in the 70s and 80s. It was similar to the Comics Code Authority for comics. We got a was, minute, so give us, oh, get, oh, get oh, right sorry. to the point here. So <laughs> they, cut out all, they cut out all the blood. All the violence. And boobies. Because I guess Japanese oh. kids could see it and go, oh, whatever. And that was my original kids, lunchbox. Ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, cats and dogs raining from heaven or whatever, if that was aired. So, um, yeah, so they cut out so much material, they had to fill in Seven Zark Seven because they had so much less running time after that. They created the robot yeah. just to put in the show because to make it derivative of Star Wars. And in the Japanese oh, version, yeah. the Japanese version, the villain was a, I guess you could say, transgender? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they don't explain that in the English version. So from s- episode to episode, the villain will get uh, slightly more feminine, and it's never explained. You just and, go like, and wow. the same voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's just some episodes you go, wow, you look terrific. For uh, <laughs> De- Devilene 
in uh, Transor Z is like that. Oh, really? Devaline is uh, a transgender, and she has two literal personalities. One half is a guy, the other half is a woman. Wow. And she argues with herself. <laughs> As a five-year-old, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> All right. All right. That's like you and Jonathan, basically. It is. <laughs> Man, it's it so much like, why is he here? Why is he here? You know. Jay, I will always be your feminine side. <laughs> I'm totally down with it. You made it weird. <laughs> well, on that note... As <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for coming to Kaiju versus Giant Robots. And uh, please, come next year, because yeah. we're going to be doing this again. What are some of the best ways to find you guys, starting with Jay on the end? Oh, Twitter, Instagram, at Mr. Jay Washington, uh, the Mad Titan Podcast, where I get you caught up on everything happening in the Marvel and DC live action and cinematic wow. universes. It's a barbershop talk for nerds. Come on in the combo. <laughs> I say this enough so I know how to do it quickly. Uh, where can we buy micro machines? Uh, you can buy them at somebody's booth downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> FJ. Oh, I got kicked off Twitter, so... <laughs> no, I really did. And that's why you haven't heard from me in a while. Um, so, I guess just Instagram, at FJ DeSanto. And um, we'll loop them into our email chains with Ian. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, the, the Transformers Gen-, Gen 1 project? Like, what is the story? It's called War for Cybertron. It's going to be on Netflix next year. And that's all I can say. That sounds awesome. Uh, Tommy, what's going on with you, and where can we find you? Uh, you can find Robotech on uh, Robotech on Facebook, Robotech News on Twitter, and we're now working with Sony on new content. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Haley. Hello. Uh, you can find me at Haley Mancini on Twitter and our podcast at zero z e r o underscore Godzilla. Um, also, you can watch Powerpuff Girls. Uh, I'm the voice of Princess Morbucks on it. Um, uh, Last Kids on Earth is out now. Uh, I wrote on that. Uh, with, and uh, also Ultra Megatron Team Go uh, on Dropout from College Humor. Matthew. And listen to Monster Party wherever fine podcasts are listened to. <laughs> I'm Jonathan from Geekscape. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. You can find Geekscape and myself on all the social networks. Look for Geekscape or, or Jonathan London. All right. Uh, thank you guys for being a part of this. Thank you guys for sitting through it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.